Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, I'm grateful to the Lord for everyone that have uh, joined in, that's called in, and that is uh, watching us live, and, and those that will watch this in the future. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go on to the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. We're going to look at something today. The 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. And we're going to start reading at verse 7. My prayer is that something will be said that will uh, help you in your walk with the Lord and that will um, just help you to grow closer to the Lord. Of course, when the Lord gives me something like this to say, uh, my prayer is that the people will take heed to what he is saying. So the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, we're going to start reading at verse uh, 7. It says, And there was a war in heaven, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. So you can see the two sides there. You got the archangel Michael and his angels, and then you got the dragon and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so it's very important that you see that there, that there was a war that took place in heaven, and that uh, Satan himself was cast out. And the Bible, it says that he deceived the whole world. You see that? And he was cast out where? Into the earth. He and his angels were cast out, you see. So it is important that you hold on to that point there, that there was a war in heaven and he did not prevail, that the, uh, Michael and his angels, the archangel Michael and his angels, they prevailed. And so Satan and his angels were cast out and they were cast out into the earth. And it, it makes it clear that they deceived the whole world, so talking about the dragon and, and his angels. All right, verse 10, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation. It's important that you get that, you see. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they they overcame him. And who did they overcome? Satan. Okay? So, the question then is, what did they overcome? They overcome the deception that we read about in verse 9, okay? They overcome the accusation. Now, here's the thing. What does the deception bring about? The deception, if the devil can deceive you, then he can cause you to sin. Think about it. In the Garden of Eden, what did he do? He deceived Eve. Adam wasn't deceived. He deceived Eve. And it caused her to sin, you see. And so if the devil can deceive you, in other words, fool you, then he can get you to sin, and and you won't even be aware of what you're doing against God, you see that. And so it says, um, 
Look at what it says. It says that they overcame him. So we want to look at what they overcame. They overcame being deceived and going down a road that they that they shouldn't have been going down, and they overcame the accusation. In other words, something looking like something. Them being accused by the devil, even something that's not, you know, that don't come through the testament. But, of course, some people, they sin just because they want to, not because they're deceived. You see that? They sin because they want to. And so you overcome those accusations. In other words, you overcome your own uh, things that you do that bring about accusations. So look what it says, verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That's the first thing. That's the first thing, the blood of the lamb. So salvation comes to us. Uh, salvation comes to us by the blood of the lamb. In other words, by grace. It's because of him that we're clean. See, so salvation comes to us that way. And so that's how we That's the first step in us overcoming the devil, by getting saved, in other words. So that's the way uh, salvation comes, it's, and we overcome faith. So when we when we get saved, we're supposed to overcome the devil. You should not be a saved person constantly falling for the deception of the devil. When I see people, and this is what we're talking about today, when I see people, believers, even people that are part of this ministry, that just go through the same cycle over and over again, going through the same thing, it, it lets me know you're on a roller coaster from the devil. You're you're on the devil's roller coaster. Somewhere, now here's what I know, that if God really speaks through me to you, then he speaks through me to you to warn you. And the only way you keep falling for the same junk, you keep going through the same stuff, is not because you're not being warned. It's because you are hard-headed and you don't want to take heed. That's really what it boils down to. And so how can you overcome if you don't want to take heed? of what God speaks to you. You see, then how can you overcome? It's impossible for you to overcome. And, you know, some of us, we have that mindset, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's go back. Verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, in other words, by by, by salvation. So if you say if God's intention for you not to keep going through the same stuff you've been going through from day one, before you got saved, you ought not to be the same silly person you were before. You ought to be able to overcome. You see that? Says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, which is what we're talking about today, and they loved not their lives until the death. In other words, they were willing to die for the cause. And really what it means is they were crucifying their flesh. And that's part of the problem with a lot of saints today. They don't want to crucify their flesh. And because of that, the devil will get a hold of you every single time. But the part we're going to talk about today, is overcoming uh, salvation, in other words, by the word of their testimony. Okay? So let's go ahead and keep reading verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nursed for time and time and a half a time, from the face of the serpent, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth was with the woman, 
and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. What's the, what's the remnant of her seed? That's talking about the, the children of God, that the devil has came to make war with you. Now, Satan is a spiritual being. Now, you yourself are a spiritual being, but what happens is since you're born after flesh, then you have to, well, after you get saved, you have to be awakened to spiritual things to even overcome the devil. That's the reason why this, the last thing that overcomes is you're, not lo- you're loving your life not until the death. In other words, you don't love your life until the death. In other words, you crucify flesh. When you crucify flesh, that's what awakens you to, to the things of the spirit realm. You see, that, that's what awakens you. So verse 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So what is the testimony of Jesus Christ? You may say, oh, it's the word of God. It is, but it is, it's even more than that. You see that? Look at what verse 11 says. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And then down here it says with, uh, that the dragon was wrong with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, that's the word of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so, in, but in verse 11, it makes it personal. You overcome him by the word of your testimony. Then the question is, what is the word of our testimony? What is the testimony of Jesus Christ? And so let's go now, and I believe in letting the word of God answer itself. So let's go look at that, the word of God, uh, the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation. We're going to go to the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, and we're going to start reading at verse 7. It says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him, give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Talking about the bride. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Everybody see that? So it's talking about you being a righteous person. You 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 are prepared. There's not one bride. We just went to a wedding. Uh, last Saturday, my family and I, and, and you know, we determined that if you ever gone to a wedding, there's not one person, and anywhere you go for that matter, you get dressed for wherever you're going before you get there. You see that? Uh, when, when a bride is coming down the aisle, she's already dressed. She's not coming down that aisle trying to hurry up and put, put on her garment, her wedding garment, and still getting dressed and doing her makeup or whatever. She's already made up. She's already ready. And, and and that's the picture here, that when you come to the Lord, when you give your, when you, before Jesus Christ comes, you're already ready. You see, so from the time you decide, okay, Lord, I'm your bride, you, you're, you're prepared for it. You, you start preparing, and, and you, you are a clean bride, just like what this says here. You're already clean and arrayed in white. You're already righteous before you get here. And we're talking about his second coming, okay? This isn't something that happens in the sweet by and by. Uh, you, you're, you're saved, you're clean, you're righteous before your, your bridegroom comes for you, you see? 
All right, verse 9, and he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Everybody see that? Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. So now we know what the testimony of Jesus Christ is. It's the spirit of prophecy. So now let's go back to the uh, 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. So verse 17 of the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God, talking about the word of God, what we have here, what we're reading from, that's the word of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other words, the spirit of prophecy. He went to make war with the people that keep the commandments of God and have the spirit of prophecy among them. So let's see. Let's back up to verse 11 now. Let's bring this home. Verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So what is the word of their testimony? Now, we're talking to you as an individual. He's talking about how you overcome. So you overcome through salvation, okay, in other words, the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. In other words, we know what the testimony is. It's prophecy, and what he's talking about is, is the word of God for you, the, the, the prophetic word that God has spoken to you directly. Many of you who are part of this ministry, I've sat down with you personally, and I've talked with you personally about things in your life that, that you need to take care of, that you need to get straight, or whatever the case may be. Or maybe even God himself has spoken to you, and you're still not doing it. And that's the reason why you're not overcoming it's not because God is off. It's not because servants of the Lord are off. It's because you are refusing the word of your testimony. In other words, the, the spirit that speaks expressly to you, the prophecy that's given to you. Every prophecy don't begin with, thus says the Lord, this, 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 this. Many people think that prophecy is just future events. Well, you know, I saw in, in 2020 this and this is going to happen. No. When I sit down with you and I speak with you about you and your life, that's coming from God. I, I'm not just talking just to be talking. When uh, on Sunday or Saturday, when we have worship and we and, and the Lord speaks to me, when you feel like the word is hitting you, that's God's prophecy for you. That's the word of your testimony. And so when I ask you uh, at the end of that, what did the Lord? How, what stuck out to you? That's what I'm asking is what was it that God was speaking to you? Now, I, I say that, and some of you, you know, you, you you hang around long enough to hear me say it, you know, what, what, what stuck out to you and what I'm saying is, what was God speaking to you? The reason why I want to hear it is not because I want to hear what was preached and I want to make sure you're paying attention. I know what was being said. But it, it makes a difference when it comes out of your mouth because you're hearing yourself say it. And my prayer is that during the week and during your life, it will ring, ring true in your ear when the time comes for you to be obedient to it. You see that? That's why I do that. 
And so it's important that you get that, that God intends for you to follow the word for your life. Whatever he has spoken to you, some of you, and I, I, I just have to say this, in fact, let's go to the uh, 28th chapter of the book of Proverbs. And we're going to start from, we're going to read verse 6. The 28th chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse 6 says, Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. This is written to believers. And I want you to catch that very, very clearly. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness. In other words, what is he saying? It's better to be poor and, and to be righteous. In other words, you're not cutting corners. You're not trying to cheat on your taxes. You're not even trying to cheat on what God has spoken to, for you to do financially. But whatever God has spoken to you, it's better that you be poor and do what God tells you to do, in other words, financially. And we're not talking tithes because you, you know what we believe. We don't believe in bringing people under the law. But what we do believe is people obeying the word of God. You see that? So whatever God has spoken to you concerning finances, and I'm telling you, that's one of the hardest folks I want to hear about that. It's church folks, I guess, because they've been worn out by tithe preachers. They've been worn out by preachers that are just, just, just seem like they're all that's all they're concerned about. I am concerned about you being obedient to what God has spoken to you, regardless of what it is. And I know that there are some of you that God has spoken some things to financially and you're being disobedient because money is your God. You just have to have to lay it out there like that, you see. So it says, better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness. In other words, it's better for you to not have money and to be upright. In other words, not to cut corners, not to, not to cheat, you know, not to get over than he that is perverse in his ways. Because why? Other than that, you're perverse in your ways. Some of you have come to me and said, Brother Bowman, the Lord told me to do this, 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 and this financially. And the only way and the only reason why you're not doing this, this, and this is because you're perverse in your ways. So look at what he says, that he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. That's better, you see that, that poor person that's doing what they're supposed to do financially that, and and what they're supposed to do is whatever God tells them to do. That poor person that is better off than somebody that's poor in it. You see that? that now, that's something that, that God wants me to address specifically today. So, in verse 11, it tells us in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. In other words, they overcame all of these things, being accused and being deceived, also by the word of their testimony. In other words, by prophecy. Some of you, you're choosing to walk in deception because you won't receive what God has spoken to you personally. Some of you, I'm, I, and I'm talking to individuals that are in my face week after week. You are doing what you want to do and then getting mad at God because you have to suffer the consequences. I, and I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't feel sorry for you. My prayer is that whatever those consequences are, at some point you have enough sense to wake up from it. You see that? I I don't. 
I don't. I, I'm not the type of person that that can feel sorry for what God is doing in your life to try to wake you up. God will send famine. You see, to to wake you up. I'm just like Elijah. I pray for a famine if if it means your salvation, if, if it means you being obedient to the Lord. If it means you making the decision, I'm going to follow God no matter what. I'll pray for a famine in your life if that's the case, because I'd rather spend an eternity with you, you see that, in heaven, than to, to sugarcoat God's word and you miss it. You see that? And we both miss it, because if I'm sugarcoating, I'm going to hell too. You see that? And, and so you can't overcome Satan when you neglect the personal prophecy that God has given to you. When you neglect what God has spoken directly to you, it is impossible. Some of you women, you, you know what we preach about being uh, submissive to your husband, and you think you can pick and choose it. You think you can use the excuse, oh, well, God, I was having a bad day. I'm telling you, I'd rather overcome a bad day than have a bad eternity. You see that? You are not going to go to heaven not being submissive to the one that God has placed over you. It is impossible. You husbands, we've spoken to you about loving your wives as Christ loved the church. You're not going to go to heaven unless you love that wife as Christ loved the church. You don't need a wife if you can't love her. You see that? You don't need a wife if you can't love her. So God, God wants you to get this now. Stop thinking that you can play with God. Stop thinking that you can hear the word of God and just disregard it, and then everything is just going to be okay. You're deceived. Let's go look at another scripture, the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. The 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. So we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may what? Prophesy. Speak it in an unknown tongue. Speak it not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Verse 6, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. So in other words, when prophecy goes forth, it's to edify. In other words, it is to build up. Now, contrary to popular belief, building up doesn't mean you hearing, you just getting self-confidence in it because you've heard what your itching ears want you to hear. Building up just simply means you're being told something or something has been prophesied to you or something that's being spoken to you that's going to get you closer to God by however. It may be reproof. It may be encouraging words. All of those things go together, but ultimately it's to edify you. 
in other words, to build you up, to call you up to a higher place, in other words. And a lot of times when we read this word about being built up or we read about being edified, we think about, oh, that's just encouraging, encouragement. That's just, you know, just fluffy stuff. No, you can be built up and be chastised at the same time. It's basically to call you to a higher place. That's what that means. So verse 23, it says, If therefore the whole church come together, become together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? In other words, crazy. But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So what does that say? That's what prophecy does. It calls those things out in your life that need to be dealt with. It's impossible. When you come sit before a servant of the Lord to hear the word of God, that servant is touching on things in your life that need to be dealt with. But the problem is if you don't give heed to it, then how are you going to grow from it? We read about Elisha how uh, the king of Syria was coming against the children of Israel. And Elijah was warning the king of Syria, uh, 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 warning the king of Israel, telling him, hey, this king, he's, he's going to do this, this, and this. Don't go down that way because he set a trap for you. And he would take heed to it. Yeah, and then the king of Syria, he would do it again, you know, set a trap, and Elijah would warn the king of, uh, of Israel again, hey, don't go this way or that way because that king there, he set a trap for you. And again, they would give heed. And so they overcame in that situation. Many of you know the story I'm talking about. They overcame in that situation by the word of their testimony. In other words, by the spirit of prophecy. The prophecy was don't go to this area that area because your enemy has set a trap for you. And God, when he speaks, from the pulpit every week or whenever he speaks to you, it's the same exact thing. Don't go this route. Don't do this because Satan has set a trap for you. And then some of you, because you're hard-headed and stubborn, you're just determined, I'm going to go this route. And then you get mad at about it when, when, when you fall into that trap. You see that? It's not God's will. That's the, that's the purpose of the spirit of prophecy. Is to help you to overcome. It's, and, and what it is is God has servants that can sit above certain things, that, that can see. That's what those seers are for. They see down the road and they see what's taking place. That, that seer, Elijah, he could see what the, the, the trap that Satan was setting for the king of, of Israel. He could see that, and so therefore he told the king of Israel. Now the king of Israel just said, you know what, I'm the king. If God's going to talk he needed to talk to me directly. He accepted it, and because he accepted it, he was able to avoid the pitfall or the trap that was set for him. And many of you, you, you um, unfortunately, you came up in an age where preachers aren't reverent, you know, as far as, and some of you, you've had bad experiences, and you think that because you've had those bad experiences, that it gives you an excuse not to follow the word of the Lord that comes through a minister's mouth. That was the whole point. The devil will let you run into all these false prophets so that when you run into a real one, you won't follow him either. Everybody's suspect. And now you're falling into these traps, and the reason why is because you fell for the old okie-doke. 
every preacher is a false prophet until you feel like they meet your approval. I'm telling you, I believe when you come before the Lord to hear his word, you ought to give heed to it. Other than that, you're wasting your time. It does not make any sense to come to church every week, week after week, hear the word of God, and then still go home and live a defeated life. Is something wrong with the gospel? No. Something is wrong with one that is receiving it. And I'm telling you, you're going to keep falling for it. You're going to keep going through the same thing until you give heed to what God is saying to you. It is impossible for you to overcome that dragon. It is impossible for you to overcome the devil as long as you are not giving heed to the word of your test. In other words, to that prophecy or to the word of God that God has spoken to you. It is impossible for you to overcome. You may be saved, but you know what? There's another part to it. You need to learn to listen when God speaks. Not only listen, but to give heed to it and and to know what's coming down the road. You don't have to walk into those pitfalls blindly. God speaks to you through this ministry or through whatever ministry he chooses to. When God speaks to you, give heed to it. There's a reason why he's speaking. God God is not bored where he just got to talk to you. He's not just talking to you because he's bored. He's talking to you to warn you. Now, the question is, you just want to keep going through that same junk you've been going through. Give heed, my friends, that you'll do that. Don't don't keep falling through that. Because I'm going to tell you what happens. The longer you stay on that roller coaster, the more sick you become. In other words, the more bitter you become. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over again. The more people reject God's word, the more bitter they become at it. And then they become bitter at the minister that God uses to bring it. There's something wrong with that picture. My prayer is that you will just give heed to what God is saying and don't allow the devil to talk you out of following the, the, the spirit of prophecy, what God speaks to you personally. Amen. All right, we want to say thank you all for joining us today. I pray that something was said that you've given heed to, and we look forward to speaking to you more in the future. Have a blessed day.